Hello, and welcome to Almost Focused, a podcast about gaming. I'm Matt. I'm Nathaniel. Uh, every week we discuss a topic and sometimes stay on that topic, um, but we usually start out talking about what games we've been playing. So, uh, Nathaniel, why don't you go first? Uh, this week has been an intense Mountain Blade week. I did play some other stuff, which I'll get into in a minute. Are you saying Mountain Blade or Mount and Blade? Mount and Blade War Band. We forgot to do our vocal warm-ups today. Oh, yeah. I didn't say the Human Torch was denied a bank loan yet. Uh, But now that that's done, I'll enunciate much more clearly for the remainder of the cast. Hmm. I just have to get my head there. Get your head in the game. Oh, man, focus. No, I was telling you to talk about what you were playing. Oh, all right. So (laughs) Mount and Blade War Band. Uh, which I just uncovered you can cheat in, and it ruined the whole game for me. Like, oh. it, it, It's really sad. Like, I didn't know you could cheat, and I'd been playing, and it's this really... Like, it's a very slow game. There's a lot of fighting, but it takes a long time to make substantial progress, and it's a game mm-hmm. where you very much sort of set your own random goals and then just go off and pursue them. So, uh, for those who don't know, Mountain Blade has you take uh, the role of a person in a medieval setting and you basically go around earning rep with factions trying to get married fighting other factions you can become king of the whole land in theory um although it takes a long time to get there if you do it without cheating and then i found out you can configure the launcher turn on cheat so i did it and just be like oh this will be funny i'll see i'll see what it's like to cheat after you know, this is my third time playing it and really getting pretty far. And I, I don't want to play the game anymore. <laughs> it's what? like, it's just, you can teleport around. It takes a lot of the, it just makes it so much easier. Yeah. And I don't know, it just, it kind of laid bare the mechanics that act, actually underlie the game in a really weird way that made it much less interesting to me. Huh. Um, I also played a little bit of Burnout paradise this week which is i'm imagining spawning our discussion on drm yes well yes and no it was a collection of things and then i also uh played some elite dangerous which i bought this week as well breaking my previously announced moratorium um i'm sorry i (laughs) I failed you (laughs) You all you didn't even last one week no no i lasted uh, like a week and a half i thought we made this last monday no no i made it internally long before oh, last okay. monday a yes. full three days in fact all right or four maybe uh you know the dates are a little fuzzy <laughs> stop asking me questions <laughs> so uh <laughs> so uh are you done yeah i was about to say how about you well so we're doing uh, abnormally we're doing podcast two weeks in a row so i thought i'd have two weeks to play games so until about friday um, so I played Binding of Isaac all week. I know. I and and I've been um I've been getting pretty far. I'm getting pretty deep into it. <laughs> I actually had planned to use this moment, so I'm gonna take it and say this is an intervention. <laughs> I mean Your Binding of Isaac play has hurt me and others who love you. Actually my my wife has started to watch me play it and commentate, which I think I may have mentioned last week, but yeah. she'll just be like, Don't get that shit item. <laughs> No, not the rock. Well, she'll be like, "What does that do?" I'm like, "Oh, it lets me shoot bombs." She's like, "You don't. You're not good with that. Don't yeah, get that. Don't use the bombs. Don't get that." And then so, um, she's been seeing me play it so much. She goes, "Oh, oh, I want to start a file." <laughs> so she starts playing Binding of Isaac on a new file, 
and just gets destroyed really fast. Well, I mean, of course. It's it's a really difficult game it's, mechanically. It's, and Yeah, mechanically it's a game that you feel yourself get better and worse at depending on how much you've played recently. Right. And but it was fun to watch her watch her play and Yeah. Um it's cool that uh it's cool to watch somebody go from like not interested in a game to actually wanting to play it. Like that's a really uh interesting transition to get to watch right. and it's all just based off of observing the intricacies of the game i think that's a really cool moment yeah because uh, on first glance that game is really off-putting it's incredibly off-putting yeah on several glances it's off-putting but matt this is an intervention <laughs> your binding of isaac play is hurting me and others who love you nathaniel keeps saying this but then he'll be like i had a good binding run last night yeah but i play like one game in a day i play at most three i play at most five i am i am making the most (laughs) cynical eyebrows that i can at matt right now so on friday we we determined that we would be doing a podcast today uh which is monday so i determined it through pretty occult means too (laughs) <laughs> we're just drinking heavily and then <laughs> being like oh shit let's do a podcast <laughs> coming out to all of our friends and coworkers that we're doing podcasts yeah. um uh so all weekend i caught up on some games i had so i played a little bit of spelunky um you had talked about that before what'd you think of it i didn't like it yeah you you were kind of excited about it last time well that's because i was all up into isaac and was yeah. like i'll play any and risk of rain like i'll play any game like this and mm-hmm. Then I just didn't, I wasn't into, um, I wasn't into the Spelunky. I, I get the impression it's a better multiplayer game. Oh, I didn't even know it was multiplayer. It seems to be designed around multiplayer. It's interesting that uh, a lot of the roguelikes are bringing in multiplayer like that now. Yeah, it seems to be competitive multiplayer. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so like getting a high score, but I didn't get very far. Yeah. Um. So then the other games I play, I played Mark of the Ninja, which I've... So explain that to me. I, I, I've heard of it, but I'm not sure I know what it is. Mark of the Ninja is a stealth game uh, where you play a ninja, and you're killing people for some reason. I guess these, these dudes raid your ninja town, ninja village, and then you... Excuse me. You um, go and try to uh, counter-kill them. And um, it, it's a stealth game. You get past the guards to some goal. And mechanically, it's really fun. But after a couple hours of it, I just got kind of, oh, going to sneak around these guards, going to drop down from the ceiling and stab him. Yeah. Gonna, uh, and maybe part of that was because I chose the outfit that made stealth kills automatic, so you didn't have to... Normally, if you try to do a stealth kill, like a quick time event pops up, you have to press over an X or a certain direction and X to actually execute the kill. But I unlocked a thing where it's just like, as long as you start the sneak attack, then you get the sneak attack. Yeah, I. Uh, so one of the things I've I've noticed about stealth games, um, you you mentioned it sort of how you felt like you'd gotten into this pattern of just doing it, you know, oh I'm just gonna sneak up and drop down and mm-hmm. is. I find that stealth mechanics tend to be static once you figure out how they work in games, which is something about stealth that's not real, I think, in real life. (laughs) You know, it's, it's in real life, it's, I mean, based off of what I know about it, maybe the experts (laughs) are just like, oh, this is boring. 
But uh, it just strikes me as being hard. From what I know about burn notice, there's a lot of different... That's true. I guess that's a fair point. As a spy. Burnout is a... Not burnout, burn notice. No, no, no. I was just continuing along. Burnout is a hyper-realistic representation of what (laughs) being an assassin in a car is like. Um, So I got kind of tired of Mark the Ninja, so I was like, oh, I'll play the other stealth game I have, which is Gunpoint, which I had bought on sale, and when that came out, it came out to pretty rave reviews. It's a... uh, it's uh you play a spy for hire and the writing is actually amazing and that's what kept me playing much longer than i did which was the the writing was a lot of fun the dialogue was really great um but i actually found the levels to be fairly not fun and just kind of bland like Mm. you're doing a lot of you're 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 literally rewiring buildings and then jumping around stealthily um and I think what I what it came down to for me is that these stealth a lot of these stealth games um, are just puzzle platformers where you have to wait. Yeah, where one uh, of the puzzle elements is is time. It's, but not it's, in a fun braid way. It's interesting um, to see the different the ways dimensionality affects stealth games. So uh, one of my favorite uh, recent ones is Dishonored. I don't know if you've ever played that one. Um, in fact, I have played Dishonored, yeah. and I was banned from playing it because my wife said, you're really terrible at this, and it's making me nervous to watch. Uh, that game was really fun. Um, I used to turn off all the HUD, like no HUDs el- elements on it at all. Mm-hmm. makes that game so immersive because the, they do a great job with like audio design. Mm. Um, and the way your movement abilities work in three-dimensional space is really, really engaging. And one of the things with two-dimensional spy games... Um, that I've noticed is they, because they have to turn light and dark into much more definitive things in a 2D space, uh, it's just hard, harder to make them seem like natural progressions, uh, mechanically sometimes. Yeah. and, And so the other weird thing about this is I love... I love stealth mechanics when they're part of a game. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when they're the primary the main mechanic. focus. Yeah. So my main Skyrim characters are always stealth based, um, and part of that is I just want to one hit kill things. I don't really want to hack and slash. So, yeah. You know, shoot an arrow from across the room. And they're like, what was that? And you're just <sighs> in the shadows and they're running around. It's just like <laughs> Skyrim characters are idiots, though. I mean, that's one of the problems with stealth mechanics in games is the the AI is dumb. Even really good AI in games tends to be kind of stupid yeah. when it comes to stealth stuff. Like, you can exploit the fact that they can walk over a crate, and as long as you're, like, just right behind that crate, your head can be sticking out and shit, but... Right. Things just... like... Another thing, too, is in Mark and the Ninja, they all are like, there's a fucking ninja here, and we gotta watch out, and everyone just be on your best... on alert, right? Yeah. And it's... There'll be these two guys walking next, like right next to each other. They'd previously been talking. I'm in a grate underneath them. I pull one of the dudes into the grate and kill him. The mm-hmm. other guy is not like, "Hey, where'd my friend go?" Yeah. He's just like, "Do do do, yeah. patrol on this floor." And you know, like that's the kind of well, the the fact that in a lot of these games you can kill a dude, have somebody find him, and then wait like five minutes. And then everybody's just like, all right. And Mark of the Ninja, it's like 10 seconds. They're yeah. like, there's a body. And you're just hanging out in the fence, like, do, 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 do. 
waiting for the alarm to go off. Do a like, jaunty tune. And they're like, oh, well, I guess it was nothing. Yeah, he never, just died somehow. Never mind. It was a heart attack. There's a there's a knife literally sticking from his head. <laughs> That's a common symptom of heart attacks. Yeah. They, um, you stab yourself in the forehead. It's a spasmatic right. you know, action. So, I mean, the game tried to make itself more interesting with all these extra challenges, but really all it did was make my pacing in the game immensely slower because I was trying to get all the challenges. Mm, yeah. I'm not a big challenge gamer, but we've talked about this in the past. I bet that's why I'm still playing Binding of Isaac. Yeah, that's true. Um, so on that, do you want to shift into topic mode? Um, yeah. What What is our topic? Uh, Derm, North Durham, Carolina. Derm, North Carolina. My sister lives there. Oh, yeah. I've never been. Is it nice? Certain parts. I hear there's like a fountain that everybody goes and pisses into or something. What? Um, I've never heard about that. Some fountain near Duke or something? They're, they're, oh, maybe. That that might be a Duke It's thing. like in the middle of a bunch of colleges or... I don't really think of... Maybe uh, I'm thinking of somewhere else. You might be thinking of UNC, but yeah. um, Durham is uh, it's a nice foodie town. Oh, good. Um, so there, there's some good good eats there. Uh, has a pretty high murder rate, um, so that's... It's kind you of a want, downside. You want that in a in a good city, though. I mean, if the murder rate's not at least slightly elevated, you're probably in a boring place. Okay. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there as a thought. So uh, <laughs> no, for real though. What are we talking about? DRM. Oh. You're the one who made the Durham joke earlier. I I don't think that's possible. <laughs> uh, and the reason we are talking about DRM is I had two fairly frustrating experiences with them over the weekend i would i would wager that anyone who has spent any time doing pc gaming has had issues with drm i i think it's a something pc gamers live in fear of more like no is gonna happen i don't know i dread it it's like you know that scene in the the lion king where he first sees the dark region where you're not supposed to go that's how I feel when I see DRM. It's more like when I'm installing something and I, the ground starts shaking. <laughs> and it's like, is my father going to die during this wildebeest transplant? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty epic. Um, so I had two bad experiences. The first was in Burnout, where you had to make an account to do the multiplayer stuff, which, you know, I'm not sure how... Th- this isn't like your standalone installer DRM. This isn't your... Uh, lock keys DRM. This isn't anything like that. It's a, you know, an account system in-game to stop you from doing online stuff, Um, which is, I think, one of the weaker forms of DRM that I'll encounter, but still definitely is to some extent. Um, And the UI for this system in this game was horrible. You you couldn't use it with a mouse. Like you had to, Weird. you could highlight it with the mouse, but then you had to hit enter to select the field. Weird. And then if you hit backspace, it exited everything back out to the main screen because it was built for a controller and they just ported it to keyboard and mouse, right? Oh. So the controls are uh, Q and A to accelerate and reverse and the, the arrow keys to turn oh my god it's really weird like the whoever did this just did not put any thought into what pc gamers play you know how they play um and uh it was just a very weird experience and then i downloaded elite and that is elite because you i've asked you i asked you earlier and you told me and then later it's like i still i still don't know what 
It's a uh, space sim. So you uh, you take the role of a dude in space, flying around doing shit. Because actually, all I know about it is that image you sent me of like Eve Online, old guys with doing toy birds. RC cars, and then it's like Elite Dangerous, and an old guy in a battleship <laughs> canoe. Yeah. And so when he talks about it, I'm like, is it a battleship game? No, no. So it's a it's a space sim, and uh, what that means is it's set in space, and you take on the role of a pilot. Um, navigating through everything and uh doing piloty stuff trade combat whatever it's in the lineage of elite games i think the first elite was in the 90s i have no idea but i'm i'm not positive on that i think there's been like five of them now if only you had some kind of googling device oh that's right true i do have a computer right here but i'm not gonna do that because <laughs> i i'm busily distracting a cat and he's uh i can't reach mine yeah your <laughs> yours is literally as close as mine is uh <laughs> it's, it's not open though that's true i have an advantage there um i don't think i can play with a cat and google and talk i don't think i can do all three that's that's multitasking <laughs> that's, at a level that's pretty pretty tough so anyway so, elite, uh, elite you've been playing and you so, had a bad drm well so i download it and for one thing it has two things like you click the it you download the launcher you launch it so they have their own standalone launcher they have their own standalone store um, so they're not selling it through Steam or whatever. You have to buy it uh, in their own standalone store. Something I'm, I like marketplaces for a number of reasons, you know? Right. Um, uh, so you have to go in there. You make your own account with them to give them your info. You buy the game. You download their launcher. It launches. And then you have to click install in the launcher. So there's two things. There's... Uh, standalone pilot training and then there's the actual game mm. and if you select the wrong one that's the one you install and i just oh i saw the install button i clicked install right so i hit install and the download speeds are horrendous and sarah's doing netflix um and i'm streaming youtube and i have steam open so i'm like okay i turn off netflix i was just like let's just test this because it's getting me like 0.01 megabytes per second right right and i'm just like what these are ridiculous speeds yeah um so i turn everything else off not working i pop open steam it's getting like one and a half to two not great but for a sunday at eight o'clock there's always a a performance dip around that time in your internet mm -hmm. um, at least mine so i do all kinds of stuff i get on their forums and they're like oh you need to turn off internet explorers auto detect proxy settings what <laughs> And this is, like, in the official troubleshooting ticket for the kinds of problems, right? And I'm, I'm looking at this like, oh, man, this is a this is a real shit show I've just waded into here. <laughs> so I, uh, I then finish getting that product installed and only to realize that it's the single-player combat training. Right. And I'm like, well, shit, that's not what I want. I want to play the actual game. So I click on the game and I click install and I'm like, I'll play the combat training, learn how to play. And then by the time this is done, I'll be practiced up. Launcher crashes. Oh gosh. I'm yeah. just like, Oh, what the fuck? Started up launcher crashes, started up launcher crashes. All right. What's going on? Get online. 61 page long yeah, sticky in Nathaniel the support. sent this to me with absolutely no exposition. He's yeah. just like, look at this forum. I'm just like, <laughs> what? What? What am okay. I looking at? Yeah. 61 pages of people bitching about this launcher. 
So it turns out that you have to uninstall the single player client in order to install the full game because oh the client gosh. crashes out. Do that. Redo the download. Download still sucks. Still sucks. Still sucks. Finally, I restart the routers and everything. I just kill everything. Mm -hmm. Fresh reboot. And it finally starts getting about a megabit. Jeez. So... I don't know what the hell is wrong with that, but that was some of the worst DRM I've ever encountered. Not because it, you know, the login process worked, but it was just so fucked up. And uh, this goes into why I really like marketplaces. Sure, but I think, and this will go into my DRM issues, even with marketplaces, the my worst DRM experiences have been using Steam. Like, I'll download a game, and it's and it'll say something like, oh, this is a Uplay game. So oh, you have well, to install yeah. Uplay to play, and it's like, okay, so I'll open in Steam, which will launch Uplay, which will launch this game. Yeah. And it's like, okay, or I couldn't, I could just not play this game anymore. Yep. Or I could stop. Uh, and then, in a similar vein of shitness, is Windows Games for Windows Live, where I spent an hour and a half installing GTA 4. I downloaded GTA, I bought GTA 4 on Steam. And then I had to spend an hour and a half figuring out how to configure Games for Windows Live to work. So Games for Windows Live is, I think, pretty much legendary at this point for being the worst fucking thing ever. Well, and I was really excited, though, because I was reading um, that Dark Souls on Steam is switching off of Windows yeah. Games for Windows Live to using the Steam DRM. And so I was like, ooh, I'll do all the stuff. I, I haven't even played that game in, in months. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I'll log in to do all the steps to transfer just my account. Just to get off of Windows yeah. Live while I remember it. I know, I, I haven't had to deal with Windows Live since Asheron's Call. Mm -hmm. They were a Windows or a Microsoft product uh, when that came out. And their account system was hooked into, I think it was Windows Live. And um, it was a mess. I mean, it was always having problems. Yeah. So... That's an example of really bad DRM. I would say Steam generally is a great example of good DRM. Um, I, I would say also say, as someone, you know, I'm probably biased because I am a software developer, but I don't have an issue with DRM for video games. Neither do I. Um, I, I do for music, but not for video games. Really? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, that's interesting. I'll avoid that one for now. Uh, I, I don't know why you have to avoid that. I mean, all right. Why Why the pretty, distinction? Uh, because um, the the problem with DRM for, for um, music is that it tends to, more than protecting the music, lock it to a specific platform. Okay, yeah. Whereas with, with games... They're already locked to a platform by mm -hmm. the nature of their code. Sure. So having having DRM is not going to lock you to the platform per se. I mean, it might yeah. lock you into Steam. Yeah. But that's something that, you know, that that's not as big of a deal. I see. Okay. I think that's that's a really interesting point. Um, the question I guess then to pose would be like, if you could get DRM that didn't do that for music that didn't lock you to a platform. Well, I also have issues with DRM for software. Oh, However, okay. um, I think that one of the main issue, one of the main ways that game companies are dealing with that is, um, having always online 
um, which is essentially DRM. Yeah, yeah. Um, although there's a lot of games for which you know I know they have workarounds for a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I I think it's a pretty hot button issue too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's within the indie community they talk a lot about. What I'll say about DRM is when it's done well, like if it's done in a way that adds value to the customer, then I'm all for it. So I think Steam is a great example. Well, you can argue I think a lot that Steam has a lot of problems, particularly with its curation of games, mm -hmm. uh, which is a topic maybe we'll talk about some point. Early access. Well, and I mean, just so many things. There are so many problems with the way Steam allows mass dumping by publishers. I mean, tons of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think as a form of DRM, it's fantastic. It works really well, generally. Uh, I've had a couple of issues with it, but I've never had to uninstall and reinstall Steam. I've never, you know, none of the basic stuff that you generally have to do with problematic software have I ever had to do with it. Uh, well, uh, I also think on top of that, it, I mean... Every time we talk about DRM being bad, it's because it's a bad user experience. Steam adds a great user experience of yes. being being a backup for your games. Well, a backup, but also, you know, when a game isn't in my Steam library, I actually have I get annoyed because I have a ton of games now. I have, you know, I probably own two hundred video games, maybe more. Yeah. And if it's not in the Steam library. That means either I have to actively curate some other listing of this stuff, right? Or I have to, you know, look at it in the fragmented locations where it exists. And Steam is a great experience for navigating your library, for managing what's actively installed. Because again, it's all in one place. It's a built-in uninstall, uninstaller or installer, mm -hmm. all in that same system. Um, I think there's a lot of really good value to it for a customer as a platform to consume your entertainment through. Well, and I think that's important when you're talking about making good DRM. Yes. But so, I then, mean, like, like League of Legends, right? No one thinks of that as being DRM, but it is in a sense because all of the code is run somewhere else. Well, yeah, and you have to have an account. And, you but know. That's, I mean, that's gaming as a service. The, the professional sure. software industry is moving away from software downloads and moving towards software as a service absolutely and i think gaming is starting to do that as well well and i think it needs to you know uh, it was probably a lot more easily done in the past when everything was on a cartridge for example sure um but you just you don't consume like that anymore well so speaking of cartridges um do you know anything about cartridge uh piracy protection no so this is a, this is one of the hobbies of mine that i like reading about is how in the cartridge days um app developers would prevent um piracy so uh one way is they would do these elaborate um checks to check like okay there's a thing called a checksum where you basically add up all of the bytes in your code this is a simplistic way of doing it but you add up all the bytes in your code and then the final result is your checksum yeah and you can check that always again if if any part of your code changes your checksum will change yeah so um and there's a way to do this so that it's very difficult to modify your your code um, so they'll do, they'll do checksum checks, but some of them will be more, um, uh, 
uh, I'm not thinking of the right word. Clever? Obnoxious? Obnoxious is a good one. So Earthbound is Dick one of, bags? <laughs> Earthbound is one of the most interesting ones where they'll do several checks throughout the game to see if it's a pirated copy or if it's an emulated copy. And what they'll do is they'll do nothing. They won't tell the user, hey, this is pirated. They won't do anything. They'll wait until you get to the last boss. Then the game will crash. And then when you start the game, all of your files have been deleted. <laughs> they, did, they really did that? They really did this. This is like the most famous anti-piracy on a cartridge. That's fantastic. It's amazing. That's 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 great. So so uh, I didn't I don't know if I actually officially came out on this. I'm all for DRM. Again, I, I think it's important that it has to be good for the player. That sounds like something that could go horrifically wrong. Like Well it's it's this interesting well, world. Well I guess of, not even horrifically. Very clearly has a, a bad outcome. Well that's only if you pirate the game. Well only if you pirate the game. Well, that's right? the thing. Uh-huh. You, but because that's a every lot DRM easier. I've ever used only stopped the pirates from well, playing true, that game. But that's that's something that's a lot you that mentality is a lot easier to control when you have full control over the hardware and the software and the the physical mechanisms for putting the game into the hardware, right? As as opposed to DRM for a PC where you have, you know, infinite number of variety of models and you have and all of these different OS versions, and you have to work well on all of those. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I I I would be really hesitant to put something like that on. Well, there's there's it's great in the sense of like it's it's a beautiful developer revenge story. It's a great story. It's a it's it's a wonderful thing to look at from like uh, the perspective of giggles, right? Yeah. I, there's a similar <laughs> one where I I've been reading this blog of a. Game Boy Advance emulator uh, developer. So just in this guy's free time, he makes a Game Boy Advance emulator. Yeah. Um, and he's been working on this bug for a while where this one series of NES remakes does not work on his emulator. And what he's discovered is that these games, for whatever reason, used bugs in the Game Boy Advance um, like CPU. Nice. Um whatchamacallit implementation yeah to basically like trick the system into acting correctly based on all these bugs and so that it just doesn't work on an emulator that's great you have to code in the bugs of the platform for the the, game store in order for them to function properly but it's only for these nes remake games that you can get on nes emulators that were already out when the games were re-released on Game Boy Advance, weird. So it's a really weird anti-piracy story. Oh, it was it was an anti-piracy measure? Yeah, like all of these things were clearly anti-pirate anti-piracy. Uh, okay, okay, like, it's not that's not obvious to me that it wasn't just. It's it's a clearly intentional like, layers of shitty programming. They'll they'll go to save one way, have it intentionally fail and save another way. Ah, okay. okay. Or they'll do they'll do some like two commands twice that are the exact same. But the first one like sets up the memory state weird, so I gotcha. the second one runs correctly. I gotcha. So they uh, they did some of those uh, tricks, like what they that guy did with that Mario speed run. Yeah, <laughs> just stupid fucked up. That shit. Mario speed run, which we'll link in the blog. I don't. We don't necessarily. No, no, no links. It. No links. I, Only pictures of cats. Um, yeah, it'll be a picture of a cat. That's a link to the video. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that I can accept. Um, yeah. I, one of the things I think that's 
also interesting that we keep coming to on this DRM topic is the idea that it's even there at all. And I think on the spectrum, right, there's, there's these really brutal, heavy handed, fucked up DRM experiences like windows live. Mm -hmm. There's Diablo (laughs) three. Yeah. Diablo three. Oh man. There's a lot of things that, well, the launch of Diablo three in particular I mean, well, that's the that's the problem with always online games. Yeah, and and uh, Destiny had this problem. To, uh, actually, no, Destiny had a really smooth launch. Actually, Destiny's launch was one of the better. It was ones. like f- basically flawless, wasn't it? Uh, as far, in my experience, I never. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I ever had any problem. No. Yeah, getting in. Now that I think about it, um, but a lot of games last year. I mean, there's there's been a lot of video retrospective videos were about how shit online game launches were in 2014 yeah. well they, they were really bad i mean wildstar had a, a rough Assassin's one Assassin's creed oh unity was just a horrible mess you know with the, more like punity uh, well no that would make negative associations that i'm not ready to uh to call negative <laughs> halfway um, through that i was like oh that's Nathaniel's <laughs> gonna throw this back in my face. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> have some punity in your face, Matt. You're welcome. Um, this podcast is now 18 plus. <laughs> no, no, just that segment. We'll, we'll just need your IDs then, guys. We have a special 18 plus <laughs> yeah, part yeah. of the podcast when the, the b- below 18 will just alone. have like three seconds beeped out. <laughs> Standalone audio content for 18 and older. Um, I have no idea what the hell I was saying before the punity comment. You you ruined me. I'm sorry. We were talking about um, how shit online things are. And yes, online things are shit. And then they're you know moving away from from that kind of horrible experience. You've got you play, which sucks, but generally works. It's just clunky and really slow and ugly and irritating. Um, but it's not like the worst thing that's ever happened. And then there's Steam, which I really like overall. Uh, and then you've got sort of in-game stuff like um, like the EA accounts for online play. And then there's GOG, which I feel like really deserves a mention during DRM talks because of their commitment to no DRM. Yeah, I think that's easier for them to make since all their games are like, you know, are are outside of the life cycle of them expecting to make any sales. That's not actually true anymore, though. They get... That's true. They do get some indie games yeah, and some the, newer games. Yeah, the indies in particular, I think, are releasing there a lot. Well, I think the indie the indie game culture has been, or scene has been more accepting of no DRM. I, I think a big part of that is because indie devs tend to really engage the community. Well, I think it's for two reasons. One, DRM takes a lot of time to make. It's a lot of development effort. Yeah. And when you are making an indie game, if you can cut development somewhere... <laughs> You'll do it. Right. Yeah. It's you also know. a nice PR boost for indie devs, I feel like. Yeah, and... I mean, ultimately, too, you will you can read some blog posts. Like, they just talk about how DRM doesn't stop... Yeah, doesn't, doesn't stop, stop piracy. piracy. It, just, it just makes it so that your users have a bad experience. Yep. And then, um, you know... It's just an arms race for piracy. Uh, again, unless you are adding some customer value. And this is where, I guess, for me, the conversation kind of begins and ends, right? It's a pretty cut and dry thing. Does your DRM make the customer experience better? Yes or no? Right. If you can't answer that definitively yes, then you should probably get rid of your DRM. Well, so this is interesting i was shitting on diablo 3 for their always online thing and a lot of people did the single player is always online that's annoying 
However, I've gotten a lot of, I've had a lot of fun times just because I'm playing single player and it's always online. My friend can just jump in my game. And now yeah. I'm playing a game with my friend that I w otherwise wouldn't have. Well, uh, for me, Diablo's issues with its DRM were related to service standards. They weren't related to the way the DRM was implemented, really. Right. It was that early on, that game was, and once you got to the harder difficulty settings, the lag would just kill you. You you know, you one or two hits, you're dead. If you can't tell where the shots are, you're fucked. And the lag was bad enough that you were three or four shots behind uh, any given combat sometimes. Yeah. You, you can't play that game that way. So when a fundamental aspect of the game is ruined by your DRM implementation, but there you go, right? I mean, right. do I need to say any more about that than that? But once Diablo ironed that out, and you play it now, I mean, it's perfect. It's flawless. Yeah. It runs great. It's super smooth. It's really pleasant. And the drop-in, drop-out's great. I mean, Destiny's drop-in, drop-out multiplayer is arguably its strongest element. Yeah, I've gone a whole week without playing Destiny. Wow, I'm proud of you. It's not that hard. You haven't gone that long without playing Binding of Isaac, though. I don't think I've gone a day without playing Binding of Isaac. I know, this is an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do we have anything else we want to... I have no idea, I forget. Oh, all right. Uh, um, I don't... I think so. I think you know we've we've made our points. We, we've hit the main DRM topics. I think I've gotten my my giblets off. So what are you going to be playing then? Uh, next week I'll be playing Binding of Isaac. <laughs> Binding of Isaac. There, there you go. Um, I'll be playing Binding of Interventions. Binding, Binding of Interventions. Uh, I like that. You know I'm not even going to try try to say that i'm not I, i'm gonna get real no no more empty promises i'm gonna get real platinum god and then i'll stop playing it is that your goal real platinum god no maybe just regular platinum god okay normal god of precious metal we'll see i might if i get golden god then i might be like eh, that's enough that's sufficient yeah i don't need to beat this with the character who can't get hit the whole game nathaniel's making a gross face that's it's why not, i because people because people yeah. okay there you go uh what else what um, you have to stretch for us a little bit here. yeah i know you gotta break uh, Dragon out of this age inquisition you're finally gonna actually turn it on we'll see um i'll go through my steam catalog so i'll probably pick a couple games from there that yeah I i'm trying haven't. to play a couple from the backlogs that i don't um, remember each week now dawn of war 2 maybe um it's a good one i we could we could talk about rts's if you bust out that and maybe one or two others if we're going to do RTSs, then uh, I can update StarCraft and um, do that. StarCraft. Do you have StarCraft 2? I, I think so. I don't know. StarCraft is one of those games that like I enjoy, but it's just so much work to play. We should play a couple games against each other. All right. You'll probably kick my ass. Or let's play a good. couple games against like one computer and yeah. just, like, <laughs> and just raffle stomp. stomp the computer all day. <laughs> Fuck you, computer. And then play two computers and feel bad about how bad we are. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, all right. What else? Anything we should, else? We should live stream. We should stream that. Oh, yeah. Or stream we can set stream up a it. Twitch. Let's, let's play or whatever. We can, we can do a Twitch stream that we, we put on Let's Play. <laughs> we can do all sorts of things. Oh, uh, we, can, we can fucking send it through Facebook to Twitter to my Vimo. <laughs> uh, Is that how you pronounce that? Vimo? Vimeo? We're just going to do a series of 500 vines of us playing StarCraft. <laughs> 
Oh, dude, it'll be like trapped. Oh, we can play trapped in the closet soundtrack through the whole thing. The whole time. The whole time, guys, uninterrupted. Oh, you you are so excited, I can tell. Uh, okay, anything anything else specific you're gonna bust out? <laughs> no, I'm just laughing about how we can't even make it through a through a simple listing of games without tangents. Well, well I mean, we're not called incredibly focused, <laughs> <laughs> on point in delivering quality, detailed, clearly content. written script. <laughs> no, no, we don't. We don't. We we barely have a topic most days. One time we did butts. <laughs> it's so far i think been our best uh, it's our best work uh so on my end since you re- keep refusing to ask i keep prompting you man hey, come on hey nathaniel yeah what are you gonna play next week thank you for asking that uh <laughs> i think i will probably be playing some elite i have a joystick coming so i'm really excited to see how that goes gonna work that joystick. i'm gonna fucking it has separate throttle and whatever the other thing is i don't know the the dick oh, part yeah. the 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 wiener that you hold in your hand and flail around with whatever that is uh let's see i'm gonna play some don't starve i own that game and i think i played it for about 15 minutes once so i'll revisit that and then i have some indie failures in my backlog that indie i failures uh nomoria oh just think towns uh well i think they made a fair bit of money or at least pulled in a lot of money but i don't think they've turned out particularly well or gotten completed from their um green light or whatever it was that mm. they were in this was back before i learned not to support those things right i you know i i lost maybe 200 bucks to shitty games that didn't really turn into what i wanted them to and then it was like oh stop doing that okay i, get I don't it. know when when you're single and you have a lot of money it's a pretty good hobby yeah i mean it it's not a it's not a great hobby but great hobby but it's all right uh, you know but anyway, uh, so those will probably be my my main ones. I may play a little more Mountain Blade, although again, I kind of I kind of spoiled it for myself. Oh yeah, I'm getting that card game bundle. It's like Pandora's box, turning on the cheat console. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? Card game bundle. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. It's a bunch of card games. It's I mean, you've, you've told me that, but that's I guess so. I lied. I knew one thing about it. Yeah, there there's several games in it. Um, I, I think I've played almost all of them um, before, so I don't know why I'm getting it. But Talisman looks pretty interesting. It's an adaptation of the physical game. Um, I don't even know what Talisman is. It's a game I've heard of. All right, I can deal with that. <laughs> uh, there's one game that they have like a, a bundle for that I actually really enjoyed, and I stopped playing for some reason, which is uh, Card Hunter. I actually don't remember the name very well, but it's a it's kind of a RPG tabletop slash card game, um, and all the graphics are like cardboard cutouts, and it's it all of the theming is like you just got a fresh new RPG booklet and you're reading through it. And oh, that's doing, cool. Yeah, the theming of the game is really is really fun, and um, I liked it a lot. I just stopped playing it because I had other stuff going on, so <laughs> so. Uh, I think we should wrap up pretty soon. The cats are attacking our microphones. Well, uh, for almost focused, I mean, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That, that, that's just not right. For the most focused podcast you have ever heard, <laughs> I've been Nathaniel. And I'm Matt. 